Welcome to the Boundless Gamers Podcast. My name is Jacques, the host with the most, who occasionally likes toast. And over on the other end of wow. this convo... That's bad. That is bad. But let's roll with it. Yeah, I'm Mike. I'm here once again. Welcome, Mike. He, uh, he's Gorilla Grodd, um, the, the cousin... Or no, he's the cousin of Gorilla Grodd, heir to Gorilla City. Yeah, I don't know where this is going. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Probably nowhere interesting, so... Awful intro. Just awful intro. But how's it going, Jack? It's pretty good. They're they're usually all pretty awful, though. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah, so the socials are at Boundless Gamers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Okay, the hell with the intro. Jacques, what's going on with your roof? What's, what's, what's happening over there? I haven't talked about it in a couple of days. Let's put a pin on that for a sec, because I think I heard a helicopter going over my house. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I don't care. It'll be in the podcast. How's your roof, Chuck? My, so yeah, uh, we didn't do an episode last week, and there's a reason for that, because, well, my roof started leaking because it was raining for like two days straight here in Michigan. And it, yeah, my roof just, I have a fucking shitty roof, which I'm finally, it's getting fixed hopefully soon. This is an old house and it only has like one layer of, uh, whatever the fuck you call the shit on the roof. <laughs> I don't even know what you call it. <laughs> so it's, they're going to put a double layer on it and hopefully that stops it. But yeah, no, it was leaking for like a day straight. It was terrible. I have like a sheet of plastic on the floor, buckets all over the place so, yeah, essentially, we just could not record because, first of all, the sound, like, it was just drowning out the sound. I mean, you were going to go in your closet. It was that bad. <laughs> you were setting everything up in your closet, but then it just started leaking everywhere. I was just like, oh, no, this isn't going to work. Yeah, man, I was willing to put myself in my small closet to just get away from the sound, man. I was like, no, we're recording this fucking episode. But, yeah, it just did not work out. So, yeah, and then, so Mike was going to record a solo episode the next mm -hmm. day, and he ran into some problems, too. So, do you, do you want to go ahead and tell the audience what happened? My stomach was giving me tons of issues. Like, I was 30 minutes in, and I was going good, but then my stomach started to gurgle. I was like, oh, no, I know where this is going. I, I've had stomach issues since I was 14. I know the signs. And... I was right. I just ran to the bathroom and I was in there for over an hour. Yeah, it, it just wasn't going to work out. And I messaged Jacques and I was like, I, I can't do this tonight. Yeah, we uh, we like to keep things transparent on this podcast. So we're just letting you know all the information, including uh, Mike's bathroom habits. Yeah, that, that's all you need to know. That's that's the relevant information. And but by the way, this is episode 20. I forgot to say that in the beginning. Damn it. See, this is what happens when you skip a week. Everything just starts to slip. Yeah, we're a little bit rusty, but uh, it's okay. We'll, we'll get back into the flow. Oh, and for as far as, like, I forgot to mention when my roof was leaking, another reason why we couldn't do it is because, well, I didn't trust that the leak would not leak onto my laptop or microphone or mm. something important while we were recording. Right. Yeah. You don't want that. Rain sucks. And it's going to be interesting when we head into winter, Jacques, you know, when we have to put our heaters on during the five-degree nights. Will the microphones pick it up? 
Probably. I mean, I'm going to have to do some editing tricks to get it out of there, but this is just shit we're going to have to deal with going forward. <laughs> yeah, because so. our podcast is still very young, so we have not recorded in the winter yet, so that's going to be a new experience. We're probably going to have to turn off all of our heaters and just freeze for like a couple hours, but you know, we, we suffer for you guys. Uh, but yeah, we, uh, we'll go ahead and move on and uh, cut the chit chat. Uh, so yeah, we got a couple, a uh, few items here, actually. We're going to reach into the inventory, which is what I'm calling this part uh, before we talk about what we're playing. So if if you like it, um, let me know. If you don't, I don't really give a shit because that's what it's going to be called. So <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, first, and we're, we are a little bit behind. Um, so, you know, some of these stories may be old to you, but, you know, we wanted to talk about it. So it is what it is. Uh, so yeah, first, uh, let's talk about the PS5 update, um, because I, we, we, I'm sure by now we both had a chance to try out some of the new features. Mm-hmm. It, it was a very, very extensive update too. Like it, it was crazy. If you look at the patch notes, um, there, there's things like, uh, 3d audio added to the TV to where you don't need headphones. Probably the biggest thing is the the trophies. They just totally reworked how the trophies are listed now. And it's probably the best that's ever been. Except for just one thing. You know, when you go to the sort section, when you're looking at the trophies, I usually like having the new trophies on the top I just unlocked. But every time I reset my system, Jacques, it resets my sorting uh, settings. So I have to change it every time. It doesn't do that on PS4. So it's very annoying. Hopefully they fix that shit soon. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like you fix one thing and it breaks another thing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, the, the trophies, I, other than that, I think it's really, really good. It, they're, they're easy to read. You have like all the information at a glance. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in a descending list order. Now you don't have to scroll sideways with those stupid boxes. And you can track trophies now too, up to five. That's true. It, that's I, man. Cause you could do that shit on Xbox for a while. So I'm glad that they finally added that. Yeah. It's great for collectibles. When you, when you don't know how many you have left, if you have that tracker on, you can just look real quick, and then, boom, it's right there. Then you know, oh, I got five left. Okay. Very useful. And then, I don't know if you had the chance to try all the 3D audio, but I, I tried it out. No. So, what you have to do is you have to kind of calibrate your sound in a weird way. You have to, like, go into the setting and, like, hold your controller up to your mouth, like, face level, and... It, it lets off this sound for like a few seconds that scared the fucking shit out of me. <laughs> I, I I can't even replicate it, but it was just like a very uh, robotic sound. So I tried, so I loaded up uh, Resident Evil Village and I, I was testing it out. It, it, it does work. It's definitely, um, it, it just sounds like everything is coming from everywhere. Like, it it seems like it doesn't really work in the intended way, at least for me, because you're supposed to be able to hear where things are coming from. And and it does sound like things are coming from different places, but it just, it's, it sounds so overwhelming that I'm basically just spinning in circles, even though something is like, you know, a hundred yards from me, it sounds like it's right behind me. So it's very confusing. So I don't know if I actually like it. And Another problem is I, so I went to YouTube to, to watch videos after that. Just, you know, I was done with the game and 
and the, the audio I noticed sounded weird. And I was like, oh, I wonder if it's still using the 3D audio. And I went in the settings and it was still turned on. So I had to turn it off because it just totally, you cannot use it with YouTube. It just sounds like shit. Really? Damn. At least I think so. I mean, somebody might feel that somebody else might feel differently about it, but that's, that was my experience. Um, did, did you have any experience with it? No, I haven't really touched it yet because I've been busy with my Series X playing games on there. So I haven't really went too crazy with the 3D stuff yet. I never use my TV speakers, like, ever. So it doesn't really matter to me, but I'll give it a shot. I'll I'll see how it works. Was there any other features that you noticed? They added a new accolade where you, ha- you know how you can, like, rate people on when you go to their profiles, but it's all only positive uh, feedback you can send people. You can't give them negative like you could on the 360 <laughs> back in the day. So, like, I was not even aware of this accolade system, period. So, apparently, was this here before the update? Yes. Like, six, seven months ago. Yeah, I was looking at it. I'm like, oh, this looks pretty cool. And it did remind me of that old Xbox 360 system. But, like, what sucks is you can't give friends accolades. It's only strangers online. And I don't play a lot of multiplayer games, so that doesn't really help me out at all. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty much pointless for us. But, I mean, cool feature for whoever still plays online with randoms. I can see why there's no negative ones you can submit. Because back on the 360, people would just troll the feedback system. Like, I would get language a lot. Like, bad language. And I'm like, hmm, that's strange. I'm in a party 90% of the time. I'm not talking to any randoms. Yeah, it was pretty broken. Like, you would just probably smoke somebody in a multiplayer match, and they'd get pissed off, and they would just give you negative feedback for no reason. Yeah, so, let's see. Was there any other features that you noticed? Because I can't remember any off the top of my head. You know, I had all the notes for my solo recording, and then I got rid of them. So I don't have them in front of me right now. Because I just figured, like, we didn't need to go through all of them. Like, you can look at the patch notes. We were just kind of hitting some of the the main things. So, But we could just move on if you want to. Yeah, there's nothing too exciting in the patch notes. It's just a lot of little quality of life fixes, like the trophy system, which, thank God, they fixed that shit. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I'm sure everybody already knows them. So we don't really need to hang on this. Okay, then we'll go ahead and just switch over to our next thing, which uh, is Nintendo, because we love we love talking about Nintendo um, and all the fucking shit that they do, <laughs> the stuff they get away with, uh, stuff the stuff that I particularly do not like. But hey, you know, people let them get away with it. So and the newest thing that they're getting away with, because they just had a Nintendo Direct. So they are adding Nintendo 64 and Genesis games, which is cool, but you have to pay extra. And we don't know how much yet. Yeah, they didn't say how much, which is not a good sign. You could probably talk more on this because I'm not very well versed with the Nintendo Online. I know it's, it sounds like it's going to be an, an extra tier up and above the standard tier. Yeah, they're calling it the expansion pass. Oh, the expansion pack. Sorry, not pass. And and to be fair, there are a lot of cool games on there. Um, you know, you got like Super Mario sixty four, uh, uh Super Mario Kart sixty four, uh, one of the Legend of Zelda games. I think it's yeah, Ocarina of Time. I think yeah, Ocarina of Time. But they're going to be adding Majora's Mask uh, down the line. They confirmed that. I believe Star Fox sixty four is on there. Mario Tennis. 
Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing a bunch of other ones. I, I can't remember them right now. I was really surprised to see Genesis games. I was like, really? Okay. Not hating it. But there's one thing that surprised me. What's that? No Sonic the Hedgehog 1. Just the second game. Hmm. That's the first Sonic game they're launching on there. Yeah, that is odd. You know what? I, I didn't see any Wave Race 64 on there. You're not getting that. Now, how much are they going to charge for this? Is it going to be $5? $10? Because the base price for a year is 20 bucks. So are they looking at 30 hmm. Extra 10 bucks. I, I could see 30 yeah. I'm fine with 5 bucks. If they say, hey, an extra 5 bucks, I'll be like, all right, I want to play some of these games. That's cool. 10 eh, I'm not saying it's not worth $10, but here's the thing. Nintendo's online infrastructure is so bad. I know we've said that so many times on this show. I, if they're going to up the price, I want to see changes like party chat. Give us the option to talk on our switches. We, I don't want to use my phone and download the Nintendo app and talk through that. I don't want that. Like little things like that. I just want them to make the service better. Not just, hey, here's some old games, which is cool. But there's so much work that needs to be done. It's whatever. But but Mike, they just added Bluetooth. I mean, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Things have been out for four years and they finally added that. Jesus Christ. Some people are using their Microsoft uh official wireless headsets for the Switch. You know, the new one that oh, just really? came out. Yeah, it works on there. Oh, you could just use, like, Discord or something then for a chat app. Mm, maybe. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Could do that. Yeah, you're right. There you go. That's a workaround. Since it's Nintendo, though, as far as the pricing, I'm just going to assume the worst and assume that they're going to pinch the customer. So it's probably going to be, like, 10 bucks extra. Yeah. Well, And it's so sad because, you know, you have, like, Sony with the PlayStation 5 and PS Plus collection where they're giving you like most of their exclusives essentially free mm -hmm. with your subscription. And it's like eh, Nintendo, Jesus Christ. I just I can't with Nintendo, I'm sorry. But hey, we're getting a Kirby uh Last of Us game, Jacques. There's that. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that looks pretty cool. It's it's I I I've never would have imagined Kirby in a post-apocalyptic world. But here we are. <laughs> it's happening. It's called Kirby's... Wait, Kirby and the, For and the Forgotten Lands. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I wonder if he'll uh, get a little companion. Five years down the line, they can make an HBO Kirby show. I just want to be in that room when they pitch this game. They went in front of the uh, Nintendo guys and they're like, Hey, you know, we need another Kirby game. How about this? Kirby in a post-apocalyptic world. Brilliant! We'll give you the money. <laughs> How do they pitch that? Because th that's strange. It's very, very strange. Like, go watch the trailer, guys. It's very strange, but it looks really cool. And it's going to be the first 3D Kirby game, so he can, like, walk around and do all kinds of different shit. It's not a side-scroller. Is that really the first 3D Kirby game? I believe so, yeah. So, like, the one thing I will give Nintendo credit for... Their Nintendo Directs are always just so fucking bizarre. Some of those announcements were annoying. Like, the Super Smash Brothers one. 
they told us we have some Super Smash Brothers news. I'm like, all right. And then they tell us the date they're going to say it. <laughs> and, th- and then they give us the date. Like, okay, October was it 7th. We're going to talk about it. I'm like, what? Either talk about it here or don't mention it. Like, they did that for something else, too, and I can't remember what it is. They're like, yeah, it's like, they're, it's just show what you're talking about. Don't be like, okay, this is our big Nintendo Direct, but we're not going to tell you what the thing is. We're just going to tell you the date that we're eventually going to tell you what the big thing is. <laughs> Who do you think the last Smash Brothers character is going to be? I, fuck if I know, man. I don't follow Smash Bros. They always do, like, some unexpected shit, so mm. it's got to be a big one, though. I'm just going to swing for the fences and say Master Chief. I know that's not going to happen. Ooh, yeah, that'd be a cool one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Nintendo get a Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, move on then to... Oh, the- real quick. Just want to mention, they announced Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, the original 2003 version for Switch. Get a digital copy for fourteen ninety nine. If you're interested in playing KOTOR on your Switch, that's there now. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's cool. It's an option. Um, and I will be talking a little bit about KOTOR in a bit because I am playing it. Uh, but yeah, uh, we'll go ahead and move on to the last thing in our inventory, which is uh, apparently Quantic Dream is possibly making a Star Wars game, which is like one of the most bizarre pairings, but I don't hate it. No, I don't hate that at all. I'm kind of looking forward to it. Now, the only thing, this is all just rumors and speculation at this point, but it seems like there's probably some truth to it. Uh, but so the Quantic Dream is known for like Detroit Become Human, Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls. They're known for like choice based games, like heavy narrative games. Now, that's what I hope that this game is because that's just like a different Star Wars game that we haven't quite seen. I mean, maybe like I guess Kotor kind of does some of that, but not like Quantic Dream games. But from what I'm hearing, this is going to be totally different than your normal Quantic Dream game. It's going to be open world, it sounds like. So I, I don't know how to feel about that. I'm fine with a telltale kind of style Star Wars game where you just pick choices and walk around and talk to people. I'm down for that. But if they want to do an open world game, yeah, I guess let them do it. I, I know they haven't done that before, but sometimes it works out. Like with Creative Assembly. That's the guys who made Alien Isolation. Before that game came out, all they did was just strategy games. Sometimes it works out. Yeah, it does. And I think like, so uh, Quantic Dream is in getting into publishing now, ever since they broke away from Sony. So I, they're probably going to be getting like a lot of outside help with this one. And, you know, that's the norm. most studios get outside help to some extent. Like, there's a lot of outsourcing, but they're probably going to get studios who are used to making the type of game that this is going to be more like open world. I'm glad you brought that up, and I I don't mean to go into something else, but uh, the Perfect Dark project that's being worked on right now over at Microsoft, Microsoft got Crystal Dynamics to help them with the game. Because I know the initiative is the main developer for that game, but now they have another developer on the project. I, I was curious what you thought about that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Um, yeah, it's because it, what's weird about it is uh, it's Crystal Dynamic is like a big 
studio. They're they're I mean they do the they did the Tomb Raider series and they're currently doing Marvel's Avengers. It's kind of weird that they 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 have had problems like to say the least with Avengers and they're still working on trying to get content out like they still have Spider-Man coming and apparently that's going to be like the biggest story expansion to date for that. So I'm just trying to think like how do they have time to help uh, the initiative, because it sounds like this is going to be like a pretty big partnership. It's not just going to be like a little bit of outsourcing here and there. You think the initiative's having issues right now? I don't know. It's hard to say, because like I'm not in the industry, so it's hard to say if this is kind of normal or not. I don't think I've ever seen like a big third party studio come in like this before to help a first party. Yeah, I don't really know what to think. I, I think it it's it seems like it's a little concerning considering all the big talk that was coming from Microsoft about how the initiative is like a the first quadruple A studio and you know just all this. I'm just like, hey, you guys might want to cool your jets because between this and three four three, and you're already showing that you're having a hard time managing your first party studios. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I don't know. I I have you know, the best of hopes for Perfect Dark. I was never really like, I'd never played the other one, so I don't really know what to expect. I'd have low expectations. Now, it wasn't Perfect Dark. It was a, was it first person or third person shooter? First person. Okay, first person shooter. Crystal Dynamics, Tomb Raider was a third person kind of like action adventure game. And, and Avengers is kind of similar, so... I wonder if they're going to make the new Perfect Dark third person. I don't know if they confirmed it's going to be in first person yet. Yeah, that's true, because we only got a cinematic teaser, so it's very possible they could change it up. I mean, this is a total reboot of the series. Yeah, I don't know, man. We'll we'll find out. It's it's definitely odd. We'll find out eventually. Way down the line. Because don't expect this game anytime soon. Oh, this game's not coming for a long time. I think it's a 25 game. I really think it's that far out. It very well could be. But all right, so yeah, let's we'll uh, go ahead and close the inventory and wrap this part up. Uh, so yeah, now we'll move on to what we're playing. Uh, Mike, you can go ahead and start us out with Deathloop because that's the newest game that everyone's talking about. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Okay, let's see. I finished the game. I'm done with it. Took me around ten, eleven hours to complete it. Now, in the last episode had a lot of positive things to say about the game except for the tutorial in the beginning i'm still not a fan of that shit but i was really enjoying it i had a great time within the first five hours of the game but shock in the second half my excitement kind of just went down the hill a little bit why is that i took a few steps back and i noticed all the cracks on this game i think the ai intelligence is bad I don't think there's enough guns in the game. There's only a handful of them. And all they do is swap the skins on some of them here and there, but it's still the same weapons. So I was a little disappointed with that. The maps are very small, and there's only four maps. And you go through them a lot, so they start to get repetitive. The ending is a little disappointing. Now, it's predictable. You kind of see where it's going, but they could have done a little bit more with it. I thought the final scene was very blah, but I hear there's multiple different endings, so maybe I got one of the weak ones. Now, the game's pretty glitchy. 
I got three hard crashes. Oh, really? One blue screen and two in-game crashes where my guy just wouldn't move, couldn't do anything. So that's not good, but that could be fixed. So that's not really a big deal. In the second half, the game feels more linear. In the beginning of the game, it really makes you feel like you're going to have so many different ways to take out your uh, targets and stuff like that, like how it is in Hitman. But it, it really changes in the second half. Like I said, it becomes more linear. And when you finally get all of the intel and information you need to complete the loop, it wasn't really that exciting. So like I said before, the early impressions were strong, but the game got very weak for me towards the end. I still like it. I still think it's a good game, and you should definitely play it. But I do think the critics are overhyping this game. I don't think it's a 10. I don't think it's a 9. I think even an 8 is questionable. I think that's probably the highest I would give the game is like an 8 out of 10. I don't know. I, I don't think it's this big revolutionary first-person shooter that some people are saying it is. I, I just don't see it. I enjoyed my time with it, but I just don't have any urge to go back and play it. I've heard some of those exact same complaints online. Like, it, it's buggy, the crashes, the AI is not good, the the ending, it gets very linear. So why do you think that a lot of the critics are giving this such high scores? I can't think of another time loop first-person shooter. Maybe that stirred something up inside the critics. The closest I can think of is Returnal, but that's third-person. Yeah. And nothing like this game. No, 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 no. It's not a roguelite. I want to make that clear. It has elements of it, but it's not a roguelite. But yeah, I think the game is completely overrated from the critics' point of view. I don't think it's a game of the year game. It's not this grandmaster storytelling amazing masterpiece here here's a good comparison jock ghost of tsushima remember jock how i felt about that game like i yeah. liked it it's a good game but i'm not on the same level as some of these other people with that game i'm like they're like well oh, the story is a master class one of the best i've ever seen and i'm like yeah, it was all right <laughs> it's not bad it's good but you know i don't know i have those same feelings with Deathloop. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, because I was, I was very much the same with Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, it's, yeah, it was just like, very. it's a very good game. Just <clears throat> just that it, it has, I don't even know if it has issues. It, it, I, it just, I guess it's subjective, like everything, because it just didn't hit with me exactly like a lot of people. Um, it had a lot of fun mechanics, but yeah, just, you know, the story was solid, but nothing to write home about. And maybe it was just, I don't like that type of, like, um, you know, samurai story, like, so I don't know. But anyway, this is not a Ghost of Tsushima review. No, no. Uh, back to Deathloop. If, did you have any, like, closing thoughts on it? Yes. Arcane Studios, the guys who made this, they also made the Dishonored games. And if I were to compare the two, Dishonored's way better. It's got better stealth, better action, story, all that. Well, story, subjective, you know. It's all subjective, really, at the end of the day. But yeah, I think Dishonored 1 and... Well, 1. I haven't played 2 yet, but 1 is a far superior game. I, I wish I loved it more, but I don't. I just think it's a good game that's getting ridiculous praise from the critics. And, and you had said that you don't think this game is selling very well. No, I don't think it's selling well. I'm not seeing much chatter from the consumer side. 
I see a lot of chatter from the influencers on Twitter and a lot of guys on other podcasts. But when it comes to a lot of these groups I'm in, gaming groups with thousands of thousands of thousands of members who play all sorts of games, when Deathloop comes up in a conversation, everyone's like, yeah, I'm going to wait for sale. Yeah, I'm going to wait for it to be on Game Pass. And then it's just a bunch of people saying, nah, I didn't play it. There's not many reviews of it on Amazon, Metacritic user scores. Uh, on the PlayStation Store, like the the rating on there is kind of low. I just have a feeling this game is not hitting its mark in the uh, sales department. It'll be interesting to see what the sales numbers are next month. Do you think it'll uh, crack the top ten? Yes. Well, because like, well, th- well, actually, we have to take into account like what comes out in October. I think. Right. Right. Far Cry, Alan Wake. Yeah. Um. When did when does COD come out? That's November usually. Mm-hmm. I think um at the is the end of November is that when Battlefield comes out? I thought it was October. That that's what I meant. I meant October. Did I say November? Yeah, you said November. I could be wrong. I mean, maybe they pushed it to November. I don't know. There there's so many fucking games coming out in the fall. I can never keep track. <laughs> nah, that's, there's too many. But yeah, the point is like yeah, I'll be curious to see what the sales numbers are like in a month or so with this game. Now, for you, Jacques, I think you should wait on it. I'd say wait for it to be 30 bucks. Save some money. To be honest, I'm not even that psyched to play this. I don't even know if I'll play it, to be honest. I was never, like, anticipating it that much. But after, like, seeing some of the reviews and stuff, I'm just like, eh, there's enough games out there. I don't know if I really need to play this. Because, like... And back in the day when Dishonored came out, I played a little bit of Dishonored, and I had to quit because it made me motion sick. Um, now, it seems like my motion sickness is a little bit better with first-person games now, but I I, I still I just don't really have that much interest in this game. I will say this. This game makes me want to play Dishonored 2 now, because I want to compare them. Plus, I hear it has a really good expansion, and all that shit's on Game Pass now. I don't really have anything else to add. The only thing I didn't really mention is the abilities that you can uh, get from the visionaries when you take them out. They're cool. Like, there's one where you can teleport and cloak, and there's one where you can actually link a bunch of guys together, and if you headshot one of them, all of them drop, which is pretty cool. But once again, I still think Dishonored wins in that department. So I think they pretty much had a lot of those abilities in Dishonored as well, or Dishonored yeah, 2 at least, because you have the teleporting, you have the one where I know at least you can do it with two people, where you kill you know one person and it drops the other person. So yeah, it's a lot of, and a lot of the similar stuff carries over, you know, level design, things like that. That's kind of what Arcane is known for. I know I've been sounding negative, so I want to say one positive thing about the game. The one thing I really, really like, I love the banter talk between the main protagonist and the girl that's you know coming after you great writing i always loved listening to them talk that's 10 out of 10 for me they did a really good job in that department the voice actors nailed it are their names colt and juliana yep that's a colt and juliana yeah i heard some positive things about the voice acting as well i can see one of them winning best voice actor of the year or something like that oh, I, really? I can see that happening yeah they're that good but there's a lot of competition out there, so we'll see what happens. Oh, yeah, <laughs> tons. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I will move on to what I have been playing. 
Uh, so I last I, last week I well not last week but the previous week before that um, I talked about the Evil Within which I completed and I had bought the season pass so I moved on to the DLC which there are three pieces of DLC and they're each probably a few hours a piece and I so I kind of just go quickly over each one first of all at the top I really liked this DLC and you you, you thought that I would and you were correct. Uh, I, I really think it is worth the $9 that I paid. Um, it, it's definite. So the first two you play as uh, Julie Kidman, who is like a side character in the main game that she'll like disappear at times throughout the story. And the, these two DLCs are basically what she was doing during those times when she disappeared. So it's almost like a whole separate shorter campaign just with her. What I like about it, too, is it's more stealth-focused. Like, there, you barely get a gun. There's, like, a few times where you get a gun in it, and then they take it away real quickly. <laughs> but what I like about this is, uh, so, yeah, it focuses more on the survival horror, like, heavily. It's it's not a lot of the action that I was complaining about towards the end of the main campaign. Um, and they, they introduce a lot of new mechanics, like, that I thought were cool. I appreciate that they went out of their way to change up the gameplay a little bit. Like, there was one section in particular where you use glow sticks, and uh, you only get three at a time. So you can only basically throw one, like, maybe, I don't know, 20 yards ahead of you or behind you. And so you only have, and you're, it's, everything's, like, complete dark, this whole level. So it's, like, very creepy, you know? You don't know what's around the corner. And, and to add on top of that, they add this new enemy type, which I can't remember the name of them, but they are kind of like clickers. They sense based on sound, basically, and movement. And they're the super fucking like disgusting to look at. It's like I can't even describe them. They're they're people, but they're like they crawl around like like spiders, like crabs or something. But like backwards. Like if you were doing like a back bridge and like walking around like that. And and then all their ribs are like broken through the top of their like their chest. So you have like all these like pointy like rib cages like coming out. And they basically just feast on bodies. So, yeah, just dead bodies laying around. Um, so, yeah, this was cool, just, like, sneak, finding, like, the pathing and stuff to sneak around these things correctly. Very, very tense. Great atmosphere in that DLC. Fantastic. Yeah, so the first one is called The Assignment. That's the uh, first DLC, which is, like, a few hours long. And it's got two chapters. And then the second one is The Consequence, which is pretty much the same. A few hours, a couple chapters. Um, and I really like how they fleshed out her character, too. I, I really appreciated that. Because, I mean, you interact with her in the main campaign, but she's pretty mysterious. Like, you don't really know. You know she has ulterior motives, obviously, but you don't really know what they are. So they totally go into that, like, exactly what she's doing. And, um, yeah, I grew to like her character a lot, actually. Like, I am looking forward to playing Evil Within 2. I, I assume she's in it. I, I don't know. But um, I know the main character... Um, Sebastian is in it, so we'll see. But yeah, like this, the story, like this DLC combined with the main campaign, really good story, like super interesting. Um, there was this one time where I was like, I was getting vibes that Laura was gonna come back. I was like, I swear to fucking god, if that bitch shows back up, I'm gonna lose it. I killed you. I don't ever want to see you again. No, you don't see her again. Maybe, maybe in the second one. Maybe. Oh god, it's possible. 
Um, yeah, but let's see. I know I can't think of anything off the top of my head anymore, but yeah, I just, I really liked the, the mixing up of gameplay and the, the added story and character development. So I, I highly recommend those. Um, let's see. Now the, the third piece of DLC was interesting because it was like completely, it's completely different from anything and all these other things. Cause you play as one of the like boss characters, the executioner which is like the dude with the safe on his head that I talked about that, you know, famously ran into me after I shot him with an explosive arrow and he blew me up. Yeah, so you play as this guy and you play in first person. And I was getting heavy, heavy Bioshock 2 vibes from this DLC. Yes, yes. Because what you have to do is like, so it's hard to say because I don't want to give spoilers, but essentially they there's a reason why you are playing as this character and you have to find your daughter. That's why it reminds me of Bioshock 2. Other than the first person and you feeling like a big daddy. That that was like, that was cool. Because it's, it, they definitely used that as inspiration. There's no way they didn't. It's it's pretty short. It's shorter than the other ones. Maybe like hour and a half. Maybe two hours if you're having a hard time with it. But it's, it's fairly easy. And it's like, I love the setup. Because you're basically just, you're going through. It's almost like a boss rush. You're basically taking down all the other bosses and trying to search for your daughter. But this time, it's not frustrating like the other bosses were for me. Because there were some boss fights in the the DLC that I was talking about just a minute ago, too, where it's super frustrating. That was one of my only complaints. Because there's this one boss with a fucking spotlight on her head that chases you through the whole map. Oh, yeah. yeah that super is fucking creepy, but just, like, annoying, man. Because, like... I won't get into it, but yeah, you just, she's annoying, you know, she looks at you with her spotlight and it basically fucking slows you down. You can't move hardly at all. It's like, but you have to shoot her. Yeah, it's like alien isolation, basically. It's a cat and mouse game when she shows up. Which was fun until you actually have to face her down near the end. So what's, what's different about like taking on these bosses is you're actually powerful now. You're just as powerful as them, if not more they lean into the action. So you feel like a big daddy from Bioshock. Like you, you can upgrade all your weapons. You can get like chainsaws, dynamite. Like you have this big fucking hammer. You can just like smash people with, and there's like this awesome executions, man, just totally gory, just smashing people's heads against walls. And <laughs> it's fucking awesome. It's just kind of like a little end cap to the first game. Like here, go ahead, have fun. You know what I mean? So I, I love that. And, and like, surprisingly like the end of this dlc like story-wise was actually pretty heartfelt you know like i won't give it away but you know it's yeah definitely heartfelt so yeah i just thoroughly enjoyed all these dlcs i'm glad that i i bought them and i highly recommend them yeah i was just really shocked that they went the first person route with the last dlc i was like whoa whoa i was like oh okay like this is cool This, this feels like a completely different game but in this you know in the same universe yeah, it did. I really appreciated that they changed things up quite a bit for the DLCs. I really like the stealth mechanics in the first two. The stuff you were just mentioning, like the cat and mouse between you and that and that weird chick that follows you around. I felt a lot more tension in the DLC. I'm not saying the main campaign doesn't have any tension. It has plenty of it. But when you don't have a, a gun, it just amps it up even more. Yeah, because it's like true survival horror. They depower you. Yeah. So you like most of the time you have to run away or sneak around and not get caught. I love that in those kind of games. And I'm a shooter guy. I like shooting shit. But when it comes to these kind of horror games, a little less shooting is good. You got 
Alan Wake and Resident Evil. There's more shooting in, in those games. But even even there, they tried to tone that down a little bit. That's not always fun in a horror game. You can make it work. Like Dead Space, you can make it work like in there. But yeah, I had a lot of fun running around with the flashlight. It was like Alan Wake. And... Yeah, it did remind me of Alan Wake. Speaking of Alan Wake, I can't wait. We're almost there. It's almost out. I'm going to be playing the shit out of it. Oh, yeah. I think me and you are both going to be playing that remaster when it comes out. We'll definitely be talking about that heavily on this podcast. And also, like, me and you both have yet to play Evil Within 2, so we eventually will be talking about that, too. Yeah. It's not high on my list, but I'm going to knock it out at some point. Yeah. Um. All right, Mike. Uh. Let's see. Let's go back to you. What other game have you been playing? Batman and Batman. Just a lot of Batman. <laughs> no, not that Batman. Batman. Actually, I would love an Adam West Batman game. Oh my god, yeah. That would be cool. That would be the shit. <laughs> I would love that. They yeah, do, I've been they, playing... no, like, they do have a skin, don't they, for the Adam West Batman? No, I don't think they have one for Adam West. I couldn't find it. I, I swear they have the Adam West Batman skin. They have Catwoman, and they have Robin, but I was looking at all of the Batman skins, and I didn't see Adam West. I'll double check tomorrow when I go back on the game. Yeah, I, I was that. looking at all the Batman outfits, and I didn't see it. But, you know, it was late at night. I probably just skipped over it. So we'll see. But yeah, I've been playing a lot of Arkham City, uh, the remaster, and Arkham Knight. I beat both of them uh, recently. You know, since we had all that extra time off, because we didn't have an episode last week, I, I blew through these. I played all the DLC and Arkham Knight, having a really good time with it. There's a Mr. Freeze one that's really cool, and a Rachel Ghoul one as well. They're short, but they got really good stories. I don't think you've played those, Jacques. No, I haven't. Season of Infamy, I think that's what it was called, that DLC. Now, you've played these before. I just want to reiterate that to yes. the audience. This is a replay. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. I played Arkham Knight back in 2015 when it came out. Actually, I, I, that was the game I got with my PlayStation 4. I got the bundle. And I haven't played Arkham City since 2015? Actually, the same year. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. Come to think of it. Yeah, the same year. I, I played Arkham City and Arkham Knight in 2015, and I'm playing them again six years later. That's that's funny. So these, these games are still fucking awesome, right, Mike? Yeah, they're great. I mean, the controls are a little weird at first and they're not bad it's just i have spider-man controls in my head so i was oh, a yeah. little like i was like this is strange i gotta do i thought i could just do this and do that no so it's different controls but once you get used to them it's fine these are like the best dc games i know there's injustice of course there's the injustice games those are great too but these are better it's like it's like these and spider-man they're like the best comic book games of all time i think yeah i agree with that when Marvel fans put the Spider-Man PS4 game on the table. The DC fans bring the Arkham games to the table. Like that's what we that's what the DC guys have as ammunition. Great ammunition. They're fantastic games. I know Arkham Origins is the bastard child in the series, but it's still a fun game. Guys, go back and play these games. They're so good. And if you haven't played them before, I'm going to strangle you. Now, Arkham Knight has the best story in the series, but it has issues. There's some pacing problems. There's the tank shit. 
when you know oh, when the Batmobile turns into the tank. No, no, that's cool. I like that. I think that was a good idea. However, the problem is is they use it so much in the game. Tank this, tank section here, tank this. Oh, gotta fight Deathstroke. He's in a tank. Oh, the Arkham Knight's in a tank. I'm like, okay, stop it. If they just tone that down a little bit, this game could have been so much better because it has all the ingredients to be the best one in the series. Yeah, it's the best story, I think. Yeah. The whole Scarecrow story in this is fantastic. I love it. There's a lot of great moments in this with like Poison Ivy and uh, some other characters I'm not going to mention. But yeah, there's some really tense sections in this. And here's another thing. This was the first Batman video game that was rated M. And I know the Telltale games are also rated M, but this was the first one that this one came out before. Uh, that was a 2016 Telltale. The, the opening of Arkham Knight is dark. Oh, yeah. Do you remember yeah. the opening of the game, Jacques? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. It's in first person. You, you're a cop. You go in a diner and I'll just leave it at that. I won't go into it anymore. Yeah, it's like very uh, horror, horror-esque. Now, going back to the, the Batmobile, though, real quick. What really pissed me off is like, you know how you have to clear all those areas around the map with it? Mm-hmm. So you finally clear everything. And then it's like, oh, guess what? We're going to respawn all that shit and you're going to have to do it all over again. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, this game has a, uh, if you want to see the true ending, you got to do this stuff. Then you'll get the... uh the final ending. Well, actually, well, they, they do it twice. You have to activate. I, I can't talk about it. It's part of the main story, but there's something you have to do that will trigger a final cutscene. That's like the, the true ending, but there is another ending on top of that. It's like a hidden cutscene. It's like kind of like a Marvel scene after credits thing. It's with something with Batman. I don't like it when games do that, where I have to stop and go do a whole bunch of shit and come back and see the finale. I I, I don't like that kind of shit in games. Not to mention, like, you have to find, like, all the Riddler trophies, which is time-consuming. You can just watch it on YouTube. You don't really have to. Yeah, that's what I did. I was like, dude, I'm not... Like, I collected all the trophies in Arkham City, but I was like, for night, I'm not doing this. I just watched it on YouTube. And it's cool, but it's nothing, like, worth all the trouble you have to go through to do it. I'm going to do it this time, because... You fight the Riddler in a mech suit. Oh, really? I didn't know that. You know when you rescue a certain character that he has uh, yeah. captive? I'll just say it's Catwoman. He has Catwoman. You yes. find out. You find that out early in the game. It's not really a spoiler. But once you free her, he lowers himself down underground in this mech suit. And he tells you to go find all the other trophies and come back and I'll fight you. So there is a boss fight I haven't done before. So it gives me a reason to go after the trophies this time, because last time I was just like, eh, I don't want to fight them. Well, that's cool. They give you something. Yeah, I know I didn't talk about Arkham City that much. Uh, I still love it. I think it's the best one in the series, but I still prefer Arkham Asylum. It's like you with Dead Space Shock. You agree that Dead Space 2 is probably the best one in the series, but you still have a, a soft spot for the original game. I'm like that with Arkham Asylum. I can see that. I love that game to death. I must have beat it five times. And I plan on doing a sixth run soon on the Xbox. Because I, I, I just can't get enough of Arkham Asylum. 
I think what it is, and just like with Dead Space One, two, it's because it's your first introduction into the series, so it yeah. like it has you have strong memories of it. Yeah, I went to the midnight launch for Arkham Asylum, brought that home, and it blew my mind. I'm like, yes, yes, this is the Batman game we've been waiting for. It's finally here. Because the ones I played before, not so good. Played Batman Begins. There was one on the original Xbox. I can't remember the n- name right now, but it was awful. Terrible. And then you had the NES one, which is a good game, but it feels more like a Ninja Gaiden game with a Batman skin thrown on it. But yeah, this was the first Batman game that truly blew everybody away. Knocked everybody's socks off. I like that it's a little more contained to it's just mm-hmm. Arkham Asylum. It doesn't it's not opened up into like Gotham like the other two. Metroidvania Arkham yeah, Asylum. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of like a Metroidvania. It's uh although like I wasn't too crazy about the final boss fight. That's the worst thing about Arkham Asylum. That final boss fight sucks. I mean the final cutscene's good, so thank God for that, but the boss fight is terrible. Yeah, it's hard to nail endings, <laughs> especially boss fights. It's kind of like Bioshock 1 masterpiece, except for that final boss fight. (laughs) But yeah, I don't really have much else to say. I mean, I'm not going to go into the story. I'm not going to go into the mechanics. Just go play the game, guys, if you haven't played it. I could see myself playing this again five years from now. I just love the Batman games. I can't wait for the Suicide Squad game that's coming next year and Gotham Knights. Is Suicide Squad coming next year? I know Gotham Knights is, but I don't know. Both of them. Okay, so they did confirm it? Yeah, they did. Here's an interesting thing, Jacques. Suicide Squad is current-gen only. Gotham Knights is on last-gen and current-gen. Well, that makes sense, because, like, it's rock-steady with Suicide Squad, and based on that little, like, teaser trailer we got, it looks like it's going to be pretty high quality, and it probably could only run on current-gen. I just want to know how the Suicide Squad is going to fight the Justice League. They did say Brainiac has him under his control. Yeah. But even then, like, what's the Suicide Squad going to do? Like, Flash can kick their ass. We don't even need the rest of them. (laughs) So there's got to be something in this story. Like, it's just not adding up for me. Like, what's Harley Quinn going to do against Superman? Like, Cyborg could fucking take the whole Suicide Squad down. They'll find a way. Will it be plausible? I don't know. It's a fucking video game. As long as it's fun, I don't really care. I mean, they kind of like did it with uh, the this new the Suicide Squad movie, the new one with James Gunn. Like, they fight like Starro, and it's like okay, yeah, <laughs> like they could really take him down, but you know, yeah, sometimes you got to turn your brain off. But I'm a little curious about their explanation. I, I just, is there is there going to be like a pill thing introduced, like an injustice? Oh, we gave them all pills so they can be stronger. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know. I assume they're just going to survive for a while until they find a way to like go after the source and like like shut down the mind control. And then everybody's going to team up and just destroy Brainiac. Yeah, I, I could just see the Justice League telling the Suicide Squad team, okay, we got this now. You, you could go yeah, away. <laughs> that's what's going to be funny, because once like the, ju- the Suicide squad, squad does all the work and saves the Justice League, the Justice League's going to like take them down and they're going to get all the credit for it. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, so is that pretty much all you have to say? That's it. I- I'm done. You-, you have anything else, Jacques? Oh, wait, no, you do have something else. That's right. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I'm really not going to talk about it because I'm just playing. I'm still playing Mass Effect Three. I haven't made a ton of progress just because I've been doing other shit and um, I've been playing a more of it the past couple of days. I'm not really going to talk about it until later when I finish it. And then I, I did start Kotor, the first one, but I'm so early on, like it's not even worth talking about right now. It's uh, I'm literally like I just got past the tutorial and I'm at the Cantina when you first land on the planet. Taris or Taurus? Is that the name of the planet? I, f- I forget. I don't even know. I'll, I'll just say it's like, it's it's definitely very dated. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. The, the, uh, the, the turn-based shit is like throwing me off a little bit because it's not full turn-based. It's like, it's super weird. It doesn't even make sense because you can still move around freely, but it's like, it, it really, I just don't understand it at all. I, I'm like, why not? Why didn't they just make it either one or the other? I love Knights of the Old Republic, but that combat system, never liked it. It it, it just sucks. I'm sorry. It, it sucks. We tolerate it because it has a great story and interesting characters and all this other shit. But man, it's rough. It was it was rough in 2004 and 5 when I was playing it. So I can imagine how it feels now. Yeah, it's going to be super interesting to see how they change that with the remake. I I'm wonder I'm really wondering if they're going to keep any of the turn based elements because I could see them just going full action. Full action would be awesome because there would be some shooting mechanics in there too because you have blasters and stuff. Yep, you can that's use true. Kotor. Yeah. Yep, and you even have like swords that aren't lightsabers. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, vibroblades. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'll probably talk about this game periodically, like if, you know, as I'm going through it, kind of like update you guys and my impressions, and I'm sure Mike will be really interested to hear that. But uh, anyway, for now, uh, we will move on to our topic of the show, which is video game burnout, which I'm sure everybody has experienced. Would you like to start us off with this, Mike? Sure. Sure. Why not? It's normal. I mean, it's it's a normal thing that happens. We're not cyborgs. (laughs) We eventually get burned out. And that goes for like anything. Like you can get burnt out. Movies, TV work anything like literally anything i suffered from this back in 2014 and i would say it's one of the extreme cases because i was so burnt out i sold my playstation 3 that was the only system i had at the time i had a ps3 i sold that all my games on ebay and i was just done with gaming i I thought i was done with gaming for good because i didn't play anything for like a year Wow. And just to make this even more interesting, this was around the time Alien Isolation came out. So I got it for the PS3, and I didn't finish it. That's how burnt out I was. I didn't finish a brand new Alien game that came out and that was getting great reviews. That's a huge red flag for you. So, guys, don't get to that point. If you feel... Eh, I'm not really digging any of these games right now, but you know I should play them because I just bought them. I'll just push myself. No, don't do that. If you're feeling anything like that, stop playing immediately and go do something else. I don't care what it is. Just do something that's not video game related because those early signs are important to detect. You don't want it to go to the extreme like me. <laughs> And do that other thing for as long as it takes to regain your your passion to want to play video games again. It's going to come back. One thing that helps me, Jacques, is I play 
many different games, like different genres. I mix it up. And I, I'll play like a side-scrolling game, then I'll play a first-person shooter, then I'll play an open-world game, Telltale-style game, sports game, whatever. I'm always playing something different, and I think that's a very important thing to do to avoid this kind of burnout. That's definitely the way to go. A lot of times I will play similar genres back to back to back, and that will burn you out quick. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. if they're like big open world games. Oh, man. There's some people in groups I'm in are like, yeah, I just played Assassin's Creed. Uh, now I'm moving on to The Witcher. Then after that, I'm going to play uh, another Assassin's Creed. I'm like, dude. That gives me anxiety just thinking about that. <laughs> yes. I'm stressed out reading this. Don't do that, guys. Mix it up. You might discover something you'll love. Like, hey, I don't really play side-scrolling games, but let me check out... Uh, I don't know why I'm using Sonic the Hedgehog. That's not a good example, but... <laughs> I love Sonic the Hedgehog, but that's not a good example. But yeah, let me go play the original Sonic the Hedgehog, and yeah, then you might love it. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just healthy to mix things up. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I really want to nail that into everybody's heads. Mix it up. That's the key. And then take breaks when you need it. There's definitely certain games that are good palate cleansers in between where I, I would say one that comes to mind is Donut County. It's <laughs> it's <laughs> only 90 minutes. That's it. It's super short. It's actually on Xbox Game Pass. It's yeah, it's just a really fun little cute game. It's easy. It's uh it's sort of like a puzzle game. You are basically this hole that's is going around these different places in the city. And the more you swallow up things in the environment, the bigger the hole gets. It's like Katamari, but in reverse. Yeah, sort of. And you have to find like the correct order. And yeah, because certain big things won't fit until you make the hole bigger. But yeah, anyway, and it's got a cute little story too. I mean, it does have some story if you want that, but you can play it with a podcast in. It's not a huge deal. Yeah, just play little games like that in between, you know, just to mix it up and cleanse your palate before you move on to the next big game. I felt like this a few days ago, Jacques. And you know what I did? I went on Amazon Prime and I finished off The Expanse Season 5. Oh, you did? Yeah, the last five episodes just knocked them out. So I'm ready for the next season that's supposed to hit in December, I think. Is it? I think that's the target. That's what they're trying to hit. It's December release. But I'm sure it's going to get delayed, you yeah. You know what's funny is I turned you on to that show. I was begging you to watch that forever because, like, it it's kind of has some vibes of Mass Effect. Not exactly, but... A little bit. But, yeah, I was like, because I had watched, like, the first three or four seasons. And then, like, so you finally watched it. Now you're, you've surpassed me. Like, I, I still haven't caught up to you. So I'm kind of... I don't know what to think about that. I, I've got to get on that, I guess. That's not good, Jacques, because I don't watch much. No, but that's the thing. Like, so you play more video games than me because I like to split my time between video games and movies and TV. So I, um, I, you know, I get burnout from movies and TV too. That's, that's the thing. And that's, that's why, like, I'll switch back to gaming. It's that kind of helps burn out from, you know, each thing too, just constantly switching back and forth. Um, and I think I, I periodically, experience burnout a lot because because sometimes like i'll just i'll be like well what do i want to do do i want to play a game or a movie and then a lot of times i end up choosing a movie because they're less involved you know it's more passive and it's just easier like when you're just tired and 
you're like instead of picking up a controller where you're like oh man i gotta fucking all this menu all these menus and fucking navigation and combat i'm just like i don't feel like doing this right now so that's why i don't finish things as quickly as you yeah i beat Deathloop, arkham city and arkham knight and most of arkham knight's dlc there's a few more things i got to do in that game but yeah i just bang those out i i really don't like this uh mentality too that seems pretty pervasive um these days uh like the the whole fomo like fear of missing out like everybody feels like they have to just play the newest game as soon as it comes out and they just they just burn through these games and it's like almost like you're not getting the full enjoyment out of it because nobody wants to play a game when they feel like they're they have to here's how i go about picking what games i want to play i pick the game i'm in the mood for that's what i do i'm not like oh psychonauts 2 is out i better go play it no no i want to go play batman <laughs> that's what i want to play right now it's the best way to do it yeah especially, yeah who cares if it's like an older game if that's what you want to play that's what you want to play i think it's super important to play what you're in the mood for yeah always that, that is a good way to prevent burnout yeah there's so many different ways to prevent it that's just one yeah just don't sell your shit there's other people who did the same thing I did back in like 2014. There's other people like that who are just like, oh, I'm, I'm so done with games. I'm just going to get rid of the system. No, don't do that. If it does get to that point, grab the system, put it in your closet or whatever. Don't touch it for a while. Don't sell it because you're going to regret it. You're going to regret it. And that's why I have a PS3 now. <laughs> I got it back. As you were saying that, I was like, that makes so much sense now. Why within the last year you bought a, another PS3 and have built your collection back up? Because you have that regret from selling it. And I got the better model, too. I have the slim. Not the super slim. The, the, the one with the sliding door tray on the top. That's the one I had back in 2014. I hated that thing. So cheap. It felt like I was going to break it every time I opened it up. No, I have the uh, 2010 model, I think. And they say that's the best one to get. It's great. It's quiet. It's it's a, it's an awesome system. I'm glad I have it in my collection. And I do play PS3 games regularly. Yeah, I have another tip, too, to help with burnout. And now this, I understand this is not going to be for everybody. Um, and you'll you'll see why. But so say there's like a game that you want to play, but it's not a priority or you just don't know if you'll get to it for sure. Go ahead and watch a playthrough. Like it's fine. I know some people are like, Oh, you didn't truly play it. That doesn't count. That's fine. Whatever. I don't really care what your, your measurement is. Like you're still experiencing the game in some way. And it's, it's almost like watching a movie. So it's more passive, you know? So you're, you're even if you're tired, you don't have to, um, put a lot of effort into it and plus you get like a the, you know a cool personality of a, a creator that you like on top of it so yeah it's fun just watch a whole playthrough see that's the thing Jacques. when i want to watch something i'll go watch a movie or a tv show because there's been many times where i'll pick up a game years later and i'll fi finally get around to playing it and i'm like wow i can't believe i missed out on this and and i i just me personally i don't get any thrill out of watching somebody else play a story game i i, I want to be the one to experience that myself i get why other people like it like you i, I get it i 100 percent understand that but for me personally if i want to watch something i'll just go watch tv 
when it comes to video games, I want to play the games. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, that's why I said it's not for everybody. But for me, you know, it's, it's it works. I've definitely been doing that more in the past couple of years. And yeah, I'm fine with it. It's like it, for me, I I don't have to play a game to, you know, I'm not trying to I think it's similar like to why I don't really give a shit about trophies. I mean, they're, they're achievements too. They're they're fun. I like hearing them pop, but I'm not like I have to check off all of these like it to Oh, I love the meta game. I love it. I love it. Yeah, and that's fine if you do. Like I'm not I'm not hating at all. Like it's we just we're, we're different people. That's totally fine. But yeah, I see nothing wrong with just like watching a playthrough. Yeah, don't don't worry about what everybody else is doing, man. Don't don't let people make you feel bad for what you want to do. If if that's one thing I can stress in life, man. Once you stop trying to live up to other people's expectations, man, you gain a so much freedom. There's it's it's so uh, it's yeah, it's just such such a release. It's so freeing. So, uh, any more tips about uh, avoiding burnout? Or any experiences with it, or... Not as big as the one I mentioned. Have you ever done that, Chuck? Have you ever just sold a system? You're just like, eh, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't... Because I know you've sold systems in the past, and I have to to, to upgrade to the new, shiny, new hardware. You know, we've done done that with PS2s, the PS3, had original Xbox, I traded it in to put towards the 360. I mean, that's different. Now I've definitely I've done things I regret probably because like with older systems like my I don't know uh, N64 Dreamcast things like that I think I just like left them when I moved I just left them in the closet oh, so somebody shark. got like yeah because <laughs> like doing? dude I know and I know people are getting so angry like it's sacrilege but you have to understand my personality I am very like I'm a very like just move forward type of guy. I'm not a collector. I don't like the extra stress on my mind of You do collect shock. You don't want a minute, but you collect digital games. Yeah, digital games, sure, <laughs> sure. You got a massive ass library, just keep adding to it. That is true. But like physical stuff, I don't like to collect physical stuff. I'm not a real nostalgic person. I mean, I guess the older I get, I kind of am becoming that. But I just don't like I don't hold on to things much. That's just my personality. So, you know, whatever. You can get mad at it if you want. It's it pro- Would it have been smarter to hold on to some old systems? Yeah, probably. This isn't video game related, but I regret getting rid of all of my old Pokemon cards. And this was around the time it just came out. I had a shit ton of them. I can't remember which cards I had, but there's a very good chance I had some of the uber rare ones. That go for thousands and thousands of dollars now. Oh my god. Yeah, that is one downfall to my method. It's like you never know how something is going to, if it's going to be more valuable in the future. I know like our friend Jason, he has like really expensive, like the Pokemon cards, right? That are worth a lot. Yeah, I think he has some that are in the hundreds. Hmm. If you have something that's worth that much and you never look at it and it's like in your closet and you may not look at it again for many, many years, eh, get some extra green in your pocket. Sell a couple of them. Just saying. Talking about selling, he's actually sending me his rare copy of Godzilla on PS4. He wants me to sell it for him. So I was like, all right, I'll sell it. You know how much that goes for, Jack? How much? 220 to $300 used. Oh my god. If you have a brand new copy of that, well, you're probably going to be making a nice 1500 
It's probably going to be one of the uber rare PS4 games many, 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 many years from now. Speaking of that, Mike, did you see how much that Sonic the Hedgehog copy sold for recently? Yeah, it was like two, three hundred thousand dollars. Oh no, it was more than that. More? Oh god. Yeah, it was like a sealed original Sonic the Hedgehog copy. Graded. Yeah, graded. It was like I don't know what it was. It was like something ninety something. Ninety nine. It was probably almost perfect. Yeah. And yeah, it was it was for the Sega Genesis, and it sold for four hundred and thirty thousand dollars and four hundred and thirty. How do you say this? Four thirty five hundred. How would you say that? Four hundred and thirty. Wait, four hundred and thirty five thousand five hundred dollars. Could you imagine spending that much money on the OG original Sonic the Hedgehog game? It was so crazy that even the uh, creator of Sonic, Yuji Naka, like commented on it, and he thought that it was a scam at first, and he was like warning people, and the the person who put it up was like, "No, no, this is like legit," and it was like it's record breaking too, like it's higher than I think like any game has sold for. I have some stuff in my collection that's pretty rare, and it and the value keeps going up and up and up. Eventually, I'll sell them because there's always that price. If someone's going to be like, hey, I'll give you five grand for this, you'd be like, all right, here, <laughs> you could take it. I am not sure how this topic switched from video game burnout to collecting, <laughs> but it's a good conversation. And to keep it relevant, I would just say if you're experiencing video game burnout, maybe take up like just collecting video games and maybe they'll be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars one day. Yeah, there you go. If you're into physical copies. I only have one physical copy of a game currently, and it is the Bioshock Collection, and it's it's unopened. It's like mint in the package for Xbox uh, One, and the only reason I have it is because I don't know what year, but like way back, probably like at least 10 years ago, I borrowed the original Bioshock from my nephew, Tyler which he is a listener of the show. So shout out to Tyler. I miss you, bud. I love you. Yeah, recently, but and you know Tyler because we used to game with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 360 days. He is quite a bit older now, so. <laughs> yeah, he was a squeaker then. He had that, that kid voice. <laughs> so anyway, I, I bought it because I, I felt guilty that I had sold that copy. I think I traded it into GameStop a while back. And which, you know, it was not my copy to do that with, but I just hadn't seen him in a long time. And so I just figured, fuck it, I would trade it in. So (laughs) recently I just went online and bought the whole collection and I plan on giving it to him when I see him. I don't know when that'll be because it's, we've been trying to get together for like a few months now, but um, shit's just busy and chaotic and COVID's a thing, which sucks. Um, But yeah. So there's that. <laughs> I am not selling this copy. Watch, like, I'll, I'll give it to him, and then, like, I don't know, 10 years, 20 years from now, it'll be worth, like, 500 grand. <laughs> no, not that. No, 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 no. I don't think I don't think that's going to be one of those games. And then I'll have to, like, come to him and be like, hey, man, can you, like, help your uncle out, you know, <laughs> just give me some money. You know that game I gave you? Yeah, sell it. It's going for eight grand. <laughs> oh, man. But yes, video game burnout, be careful, guys. Don't let it happen to you. I know we went off with collectibles and collecting and shit, but it's our show. Sometimes you just got to let the ship go where it wants to go. 
Hey, you, you guys got two topics for the price of one, so I don't think they're complaining at all. I don't know if we'll do that again, but maybe. You never know. Well, there's not much you can say about video game burnout. I think we covered it, like, pretty quickly. Yeah, I think so, So, too. We didn't want to just move straight into surprise mechanics right away, so you got to add a little bit more to it. Yeah, we would just be meandering, and we don't want to do that. But, uh, yeah, no, speaking of surprise mechanics, I think it's about that time, Mike. Yeah, you're right. Let's do it. So, in case you have forgotten or you're a new listener, I must remind you again... Surprise Mechanics is the segment we like to finish out the show with, and it's pretty simple. We just both bring something to the table, and neither one of us knows what the other has brought. And that is why it's a surprise. So, Mike, would you like to start us out? What is your surprise mechanic? All right, guys. I have another GameStop story. So let's gather around the campfire. (laughs) Oh, no. Story time again. Once upon a time. Uh, Yeah. 10, 12, what was it, 10, 12, let's see, 2007, yeah, I think that's when this happened, I walked into a GameStop, and there was cops in there, I'm like, okay, what's going on, there was video games all over the floor, so here's what happened, uh, 15 minutes before I came in, a guy came in to try to rob the place, <laughs> I don't know if he had a gun or a knife, I those details lost in the past i can't remember that so the gamestop employee wasn't having any of that he attacked the robber oh shit and there was a back and forth fight around the store that's why there's games all over the place which is something you should not do if you work in retail they tell you to just comply listen to what the 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 robber's saying give him the money whatever and get it over with so here's what happened to the employee. The uh, robber grabbed his thumb and snapped it all the way back. He, he, bro- he broke the bone in his thumb. So his oh, thumb is just hanging there, wobbling around. And here's the interesting part, Shock. He was still checking people out while talking to the cops. <laughs> he was the only one in the store. The, the, the regional manager didn't show up yet. He showed up a few minutes uh, later. And this is the same guy that you know helped me out with the whole nba 2k incident i had oh yeah i remember that he walked in and he saw me he's like it's like what's what's going on i was like yeah there's there's a robbery he's like yeah go talk to your uh, dude over there i think the employee was fishing for a promotion he's like yeah these guys thumbs broken he's still checking people (laughs) shit Uh, i remember the regional manager he just told him like dude he's like just go to the hospital could have closed the store or go to the hospital, talk to the cops and get out of here, you know. But no, he just wanted to keep the store open. Maybe he was afraid he was going to get fired because it's GameStop. You know how strict they are over there. Yeah, man, that's a hell of a way to try to get a promotion. <laughs> no, that reminds me, though, like you, all those like security footage things you see online where, yeah, they're, like, they're robbing a place and then the employee turns to the tables and like jumps over the counter and they just totally get caught off guard. I love that shit. Like sometimes, man, you just, someone's had a bad day. You just catch them on a bad day. They're like, nah, bro, fuck you. (laughs) You're not getting shit. Sometimes they have like a shotgun behind the counter or something and they pull it out or they wrestle the gun away. Yeah. GameStop has a shotgun behind the counter. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They, they pull out the shotgun, cock it like, no, you motherfucker, you're pre-ordering this game. 
Now you have two options. One, you can fight me. Or two, you can pre-order a game and leave. <laughs> yeah, I'm not letting you leave until you pre-order the new Call of Duty. <laughs> some would consider that brave and some would consider that stupid. I don't think it's worth doing that in a retail store, especially GameStop. No, You're going to risk your no. life at GameStop. Now, I can maybe understand if there's another customer there and he's holding her or holding him and you feel like being Superman. Okay, if there's somebody else in danger, I can understand that. But if it's just you and the robber in the store, what are you doing? Just give him the money and let him be on his way and then report it. Yeah, like, it, I think it's both brave and stupid. But it's like, yeah, I don't give a shit about this fucking company, dude. I'm going to give him what he wants or I don't know. You never know what you will actually do until you're in a situation like that. Yeah, some people just freeze up and faint. And then the robber has to do all the robbing himself. <laughs> no assistance. That's actually a sound strategy. Even if you don't legit faint, just pretend like you fainted and then you just you can't do shit. I mean, that's what my my cat, my that's what my cat does when she comes upstairs and she's not supposed to be in my room. She knows she's not supposed to, and I, I'm like, I try to grab her, and she just deadweights me, and like she's a heavy cat, so I can't, you know, it's hard to pick her up. They also say you should do that if you encounter a bear, play dead. No, yeah, that's true. You actually should. What if the bear is really hungry though? He's like, well, he, that's easy food now. He starts gnawing at you when you're down. It's better than the alternative. It's it's your best shot. But even before that, first you should just make a lot of noise and wave your arms like crazy and just try to scare them away. If that doesn't work, yeah, then you play dead. And um, if that doesn't work, then you're just fucking dead. And, like You'll just get eaten like Leo DiCaprio in The Revenant. Well, he didn't get eaten, but... I'm sorry, but if I'm in one of those areas that has bears and all kinds of wildlife animals all over the place like the real dangerous ones i'm having guns fire the shotgun in the air that thing is gonna run well it's like you know people who live in alaska like i know people who live in alaska fucking you have to have a gun especially if you're going to be going outside a lot like there's you could encounter a bear just roaming around yeah shotgun hunting rifle and a pistol and you're all set yeah and then bears can run surprisingly fast <laughs> they could probably take a shot so you better be accurate. For sure. They've got a lot of meat on them. Yeah, let's just, I hope I'd never, no. So, now what if a bear was robbing the store? Oh my <laughs> Hypothetically. God. Hypothetically. I run in the back room and close the door and call the police. 911, what's your emergency? There's a bear in the GameStop store. <laughs> They're like, excuse me? Did you say a bear? Like, yes, I think it's a grizzly, but I'm not sure. They would hang up the phone, unless you're calling from Alaska or in one of those areas where bears just roam around. But if you're in, like, New York, and you say there's a grizzly in a GameStop store, they're going to hang up the phone. And then, like, when they finally, like, do show up, and they're like, oh, shit, I guess he was telling the truth. And you're just, like, torn to pieces on the floor. And <laughs> Got an arm over here and a leg over there, yeah. It's like, that. I guess that bear just really wanted a copy of... Sonic the Hedgehog too. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> that bear was pissed that you were selling Cabela the games. He's on a vendetta to just like go to every GameStop in the state and just like kill everybody. Once again, we just randomly went off into something, but hey, at least we kept it to GameStop. Like, we're still talking about GameStop. Yeah, we're having some weird tangents this episode, but I like it. I wish we would do this more often. <laughs> All right, Chuck, what's your surprise mechanic? 
Well, mine's a pretty simple one. Uh, I want to tell you guys about this YouTube channel that I stumbled across. And it is, so the name of the YouTube channel is called Food for Dogs. And that's the number four, Food for Dogs. And I I think I just stumbled upon it because it was in the recommended, you know, how you see those just there. And I don't know how it got in there. But the picture got me because it's this, it's this elderly woman and it's like she's doing a Xbox Series S review. Oh, I, I, I saw that recommended in my uh, YouTube feed a couple of days ago. I didn't watch it, but it popped up. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it must have been going around because it looked like she had a lot of views. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. I, you don't see too many like elderly gamers. And um, so I, I clicked on it. And yeah, man, you should check out her channel because she is possibly a more hardcore gamer than us. What's the name again? I'm going to get my phone. It's Food for Dogs, and it's the number four. Okay. So, yeah, and she does like a 25-minute fucking legit review of the Xbox Series S. So she's like a... I don't know how old she is, but she's elderly. Like, she has gray hair. I would guess probably 70s-ish, maybe older. I don't know. But she, uh, she's just a very polite New Zealander, and she, she's, she, you know, she looks like a school teacher, you know, unassuming... And uh, very well-spoken. And I was checking out some of her other videos, too. Like, going back, she's been around for, like, I don't know, maybe a couple years. Maybe longer. I'm not sure. But she does, like, unboxings of, like, limited edition consoles and games. Her last video was Persona 25th Anniversary Celebration. (laughs) Yeah, man. She's doing, like, games like Disgaea and fucking Tales of Cold... Trails of Cold Steel. And, like, I'm like, damn... She's got like a Switch and like, um, she said she was primarily a PlayStation gamer. I think her first console is a a PS1. That's when she got into it. Oh, wow. So this Xbox Series S was her very first Xbox console. And, um, yeah, she was talking about Game Pass. She was like showing off the, comparing the controllers of the Xbox and the PlayStation. And like, she, she knows all the terms too. And I'm just like, man, you have no idea how excited and giddy this made me. Because I was like, that is so fucking cool to see an elderly gamer. I'm going down the rabbit hole later. I'm going to watch a bunch of these. For real, do it. Yeah, man. It's And it gave me hope, too. Because you always wonder, like, the older you get, will you, 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 will you still be as much into gaming? Will you even be able to game? Like, will your hands get all fucking cramped up? Like, you, will your sight go on you? You don't know. So just to see, like, an elderly gamer just so hardcore into it made me unbelievably happy. Like, I just literally had a f- smile plastered on my face watching these videos. Yeah, I see some Vita shit on here. What the hell? Oh, yeah, man. Vita. She's hardcore. No joke. She's got a lot of physical collections. Um, yeah, it's just so it's so bizarre to see someone like that talk so so in-depth about games. And uh, once again, I'll remind you that that YouTube channel is Food for Dogs with the number four. Welcome to Vita Island is one of her video names. Handheld arrivals, <laughs> Switch 3DS, PS Vita games. My thoughts on Sony's retraction, PlayStation legacy. Oh, it's about the store where they were going to get rid of the uh, PS3 store and shit like that. She ha- wow, okay. Yeah, she'll, she'll comment on the current events too. That's awesome. I know there's that one older 
gamer who plays Skyrim all the time. I can't remember her name. I think she's I think she's older than this person. Yes, she's probably like in her 80s or at least maybe even 90, but I think she's actually getting a character of herself in Elder Scrolls 6, which is just fucking amazing. Like she's actually voicing it too. It's like based on her likeness and she's voicing it. I just think that's so fucking cool, man. I think when the team gets the early build finish, they should let her play it. Oh, they will for sure. She should be one of the beta testers for this game. You don't see this every day. There's no. plenty of old older gamers out there for sure, but you just don't see them. So it's for her to, you know, come out and I just wish we would see more of this stuff. And and not only that, but it's like the fact that she has her own YouTube channel, because you don't see a lot of elderly people that even know how to use like technology, YouTube, the internet, what have you. So and it, to me, I don't know much about her, but it looked like it sounded like her husband was the one filming for her. And she kind of like once in a while will comment to him. I think they play some games together, which is even more fucking awesome. I, I, I just love this. Could you imagine, Jock, if we had parents that were gamers? That would be awesome. I mean, my dad, I wouldn't call him a gamer, but he definitely would like play some of the old Mario's with me. And like so once in a while, like he'll bust out the uh, like Super Nintendo or Sega Genesis. And but I think as like our generation gets older, you're going to see a lot more elderly gamers. I'm going to be playing uh, whatever Call of Duty is out when I'm like 75. I just wonder how my reflexes are going to be when that day comes. Yeah, reflexes are a big deal because, you know, I'm only 36, but I could already like in my 30s feel my reflexes taking a dip. I'm still fast, but I'm going to have to acclimate to a different type of style gameplay at some point, especially with online shooters. I've said this before on the show, but, you know, when I get to that point, I'm just going to be a sniper. That's it. I'm just going to be a sniper. Just pick my shots. Not going to be that running gun guy running through the building and trying to clear it out. I mean, I probably still could do that, but it's, you know, you're just going to have to face the facts that your reflexes aren't there anymore. So you're going to have to play in a different way. Yeah, you're probably not going to be like 85 playing Doom Eternal. If you are, like, fucking, that's amazing <laughs> if you can do that. I'm sure there's somebody out there that is doing that. That could even be a topic, like, um, yeah. aging in gaming, like, how things change as you age. By the way, too, like, this this woman, she gets a lot of views, too. I don't know if you saw some of the view counts. Yeah, I'm here, looking right now. It's like, you know, 50,000, uh, even up to, like, 200,000 views and some. Yeah, she's got 88,000 subscribers. That's that's incredible. When did she create her channel? Let's see. Oh, wow. She's got a huge bio. Oh, really? I didn't check that out. 2011, she created her channel, but that doesn't mean she was uploading videos at that time. I don't know. Yeah. What? Read her bio for me. What does it say? If you feel like chilling out a bit from the rat race or just want to see what I'm playing, you're most welcome here at my place. Pets are welcome, too. It's cozy. It's edgy. It's some German word. Whatever, I'll skip over that. It's food for dogs. I do unboxings with a twist. I like to talk about the back history, the graphics, and music of the game, giving some context to what comes out of the box. I also do PS4 gameplays and impressions, videos, as well as for some older platforms such... She means such as, but she has such PS3. Such PS3, PS2 and even PS1. I live on hashtag Vita Island, and I love to share everything Vita-related. 
I added a switch to my console, stable in 2019. And recently in 2021, I also got an Xbox Series S. Uh, she talks about her uh, social media pages. And then at the bottom, it says, I do not accept personal gifts, review codes, or any unsolicited merchandise, nor do I enter brand ambassador arrangements. You can contact me uh, and email and that's it. She makes me unreasonably happy. <laughs> I can't put it into words. But like you, you guys, absolutely just go check out her channel, Food for Dogs. Give her, give her a like, give her a subscribe. She deserves it. That's that's our show, Mike. I thought it was a pretty good show. Yeah, not bad. A little off the rails here and there, but you know, overall, we've landed the plane and we're all good. And we're all safe. I think going off the rails is fun, though. <laughs> I wish we would do it more. It's not something you can plan, though. It just happens, you know? You can plan it, but it's going to feel so unnatural, and it's going to feel awkward and weird. And the listeners usually pick up on that shit. We like to do, like, almost no planning. Like, super minimal. Like, I will just write down just, like, a few words in an, in a certain order of, like, how we're going to talk about things. That's it. And then we just pretty much freeball it. The hell with planning. The hell with all that. Sometimes it just... Like we, like you said, we got to go off the rails and see where it takes us. I, I think that's good because there's plenty of podcasts out there where they have like everything perfectly planned and they sound so professional and that's just, we're not interested in that. So we kind of like to do, do our own thing. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> Dumb and Dumber. Original Dumb and Dumber. Huge shout out. Love that, love that movie. And I love the scene when Jeff Daniels is having a horrible bowel movement on the, on the, in the bathroom. Mary Swanson, is that her name in the, the movie? I think so, yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. The toilet's not working. And it plays that, like, horror music. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and that, that's probably one of Jim Carrey's best movies, which is saying a lot because he's got a lot of them. Right, yeah. I, I also like where, uh, is it Harry? Is that Jeff Daniels' character? Harry and Lloyd, right? Yes, Harry and Lloyd. Yeah, like Harry, just they're at that party coming in and, like, they're in their ridiculous suits. And they're sword fighting with the canes, yeah. Well, there's that, but doesn't like Lloyd just run up from behind him and just hit him in the back of the leg? <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, that's when they kill the the snow owls too, and he, he opens <laughs> up the champagne. And it just yeah. goes right into the eye of the owl. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I think we will properly end this show. I I'll try to land this plane. All right. So yeah. Um. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, if you want to check us out on social media, we're at Boundless Gamers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we would also appreciate if you would throw us a follow on your favorite po podcast platform. And uh, yeah, that's it. Um, we we are signing off. We, we've got nothing left to say. Nah, nothing. I'm done. I want to go to sleep. I got to get up early to do a whole bunch of shit. And then, uh, you know, we're, we're recording this on Monday, so I actually don't have to do any editing till Wednesday. Anyway, you don't, you guys don't care. You know, whatever. I'm just babbling. I'm sure there's like one or two people out there that care. They're like our diehard fans. Yeah, yeah. Even though I, I hate fans. I don't even know why I said that. You're, you're our audience. You're our listeners. Right, right. We will catch you guys next episode. So until then, I am Jacques. I'm Mike. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>